started the adrenaline of it all <laughs> recording in progress how are you guys we're good oh i love your hair isabella wow thank you i just I saw it now it's braided really well two little braids thank you thank you cottage core cottage core no hairspray all natural Ooh, <laughs> look at that work <laughs> But how are you guys? I mean, to be fairly honest, could be better. <laughs> could be doing better. I feel that. Could have said that better. Let's yeah. unpack. Let's unpack. I mean, it is Friday today. And it's been a long week. Mm-hmm. And I could tell you guys a lot of things about my work that have been going <laughs> sort of not so good. But no, okay. I guess I can quickly sum it up. There's been... Um, Like my sort of boss, I guess he's not really, he wasn't really my boss. He was like the team leader, you know, of the team. And uh, he left in October, he left the company. And then I was the only one who applied for his position in October. And then they told me that they weren't opening the position until like next year, which is right now. And then they wrote to me like in January saying, hey, we're opening the position. And then... I applied again for the second time and then I got a message this week saying, hey, we're actually like creating a new position. So you need to apply again and the answer is only going to come way later and blah, blah, blah. So I feel like I've been waiting for this position since like October. And anyway, yeah, (laughs) corporations. That's crazy. They should just hire you. You should be able to just be like, hey, look at me. I've been doing pretty good i have a great attitude and a pretty cute face you should Ooh. like give me more money and technically like technically i'm only the one I'm, I'm the only one who's eligible in the team because you need to have been there for like six months or something and you yeah. need to have like you need to have like a certain amount of percentage of like you know because they rate your work every week so you need to have like a certain amount of percentage and i'm like matching the target that that you need to have to have that position and blah 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 so like i'm technically the only one that that's eligible for that but yeah so what are they doing they're just i don't know it's just like communication between higher people and uh, you know oh just business it's business it's business messy 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 yeah and then when you're like I feel like when you're constantly focusing on on your work life, all mm-hmm. of a sudden the smallest things in your private life start bothering you. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know, because yeah. you're naturally stressed. Yeah. <laughs> and then and you're then, in like, the at work. Yeah. And at work I can't really like vent out. I have to like be nice to my coworkers or else no one can work. Or else. So, or else. <laughs> so when I get home, I'm like, okay, I can finally be mad. <laughs> you know <laughs> and you let go <laughs> and then i let go but anyway oh, how are you guys oh about this like the stress moment with work i talked with a colleague uh, the other day and she fell in the middle of the city uh on her way to work oh, no. and she was so shocked about it i was like oh, i would God. laugh at myself because i'm someone that laughs at people that when they get hurt and i don't mean wow. <laughs> And I don't mean any bad way because I laugh at myself when I fall. Yeah. But not like get hurt in a serious way. But like, you know, when you fall on your face, that's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, imagine being on a bad mood or being very, very stressed that day yeah. and falling. I mean, I, I just laugh. made the day really bad. <laughs> I mean, I laughed when that pigeon hit me in the head. <laughs> like, what else was I supposed to do? That was iconic. We have not talked about this on the podcast, actually. That was after we uh, we hung up. That was the podcast so. after party. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that was the podcast after party. I think we've all had, like, the sad little cartoon person day. 
where it's like you know that cartoon episode where everything goes wrong for the main character and then at the end he learns like a valuable lesson about like keeping his head up or whatever like we've all had yeah. that and my day like it was rainy and a truck came by when I was walking towards a train and it splashed me it splashed dirty water on my jeans and then I got to the train station and I was under a pigeon's nest unbeknownst to me and the pigeon was very very fat and it stumbled on its own weight and its wing hit me on the head and then you know I went to class because what else was I supposed to do when you told me this for the first time like oh my god I laughed so much it was so funny it's a funny story I mean I mean you you like quickly sum summarized it right now like I, when you told me for the first time you, you went into more detail I mean it was it was pretty hilarious I mean I don't know what to say like because at, at this point it's it's long gone but I feel like at this when I told you guys it was like I had never told that to anyone before I was ashamed of it no one knew no one bore witness to that that was just i feel like that only happened <laughs> that only happened with pigeons in berlin though they're yeah. very violent they're not afraid of anything no. oh my god have i They've told you guys some about drugs. <laughs> have i told you guys about um that time when i saw a lady catching pigeons like right in front of my building i didn't what? tell you guys about this were no. you actually in home alone too <laughs> guys oh my god i'm pretty sure i told you guys about this but i'm, no, I'm gonna quickly didn't. tell it again so when i was uh starting the job i am like when i was starting at the job i'm I'm at right now i did a like a two-week training from home like online so on all my breaks and it was in the summer so during all my breaks i would just like sit in the balcony and then one day i was like sitting in the balcony during my break and then like there's a there's some train tracks like elevated train tracks so there's a lot of pigeons underneath the train track and um i was just looking outside on the street and then i see this lady like there in between the pigeons it's like <laughs> a lot of pigeons and then she like takes like a net out of her backpack and i'm like she's gonna like catch a pigeon and then she like pours some like food for the pigeons and then they come and then she like quickly catches one with a net and then she like puts it in a tote bag like wraps it around and then puts it in a fanny pack a pigeon why and walks away i'm concerned what is she gonna do, do with a pigeon i don't know we have she a lot maybe of wants about to make it. some pigeon pie we thought about pigeon pie we thought about she was watching some mrs crowcomb definitely <laughs> yeah she got the shout recipe out. Shout, shout out of the week mrs crowcomb yeah. on youtube yeah. we i mean i just i want to believe that she's just keeping them as pets or that maybe she's like a veterinarian and she's like taking care of them yeah i do not want to think of anything else but the weirdest thing was that when i went to work to the office i went to lunch one day and i saw a guy doing the same thing Is he this was like, like a secret hobby we're not aware of i don't secret know european hobby maybe we should google it like catching pigeons in berlin is that a Pigeon thing catching <laughs> let us know in the comments you know what it also what it might be you know the remember the first winter when we were in berlin and i was very concerned about birds in the winter because before i was in europe i thought they migrated to the southern hemisphere but not all of them not all of them some of them are brave and I was very concerned. I was like, aren't they cold? Should we be making and distributing little knitted jackets for the birds? They must get cold. They they have hollow bones. <laughs> They're very light. <laughs> so maybe no. this so is adorable. a common concern. <laughs> but it was summer. <laughs> oh, she did this in summer. Yeah, now that's wow. suspicious. It was that's August. very <laughs> suspicious. Yeah, I hope she's a vet. Also, but... pigeon pie is a winter recipe. Mm -hmm. So at least you know she wasn't eating them. Mrs. Crocombe, yeah. Anyway, Anyway. moving on. Another story was about pigeons. Uh, in my old apartment, there were always... Oh, I, I don't <gasps> think you guys remember this. There I, were remember. Pigeons. I remember. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was always pigeons staring at me. 
outside my window and there were not yeah. one or two there were like three pigeons every day i woke up someone staring at me and i was like that's a pigeon again you lived in an edgar Allan poe poem but instead of ravens it was pigeons and i seriously had this thought i was like maybe it's a robotic pigeon maybe it's a spy oh my god i don't know it oh my god real. remember that old vine times. that no. old vine the birds work for the bourgeoisie. That vine? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. I don't remember that either. It was like, he was saying like all the birds died during the Reagan administration and were replaced by robots? What? Spies? Something like that. And then he was like, the birds work for the bourgeoisie. Anyway. I do. Maybe we're being spied on. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> I do remember um, in Next in Fashion, that reality show from Netflix, that Italian guy saying, Sky is not only for the bird. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. That is iconic. That was the best line. I used to say that all the all time. All the time. True. Sky is not only for the bird. The bird. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> yes. So inspirational. Yes. Um, who wants to talk about whatever it is they brought to the table today? Nicholas, Do you have a, the metaphorical does Paria, table. Does Paria have a PowerPoint? Do you want to show screen? <laughs> oh my god, this podcast, could this podcast be called, Does Paria Have a PowerPoint? <laughs> Isn't that a cute name? You guys know that I have one. <laughs> and the answer is always yes. 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 Tagline. <laughs> and do I read it during our podcast? No. <laughs> Never. 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 It's a conundrum. Part of the charm. The first thing I've been dying to tell Isabella, it's a new platform that I discovered. It's called Vocal. And it's also, it's similar to Substack, um, but it's like, it's a writer writing based platform where you can only post texts that are longer than 600 words. So they're like for long texts. Yeah. And they brand themselves as like um, a fiction, a fiction platform, right? Mm -hmm. Where writers get to write like short fiction and then post it and... Um, yeah, but the, the interesting thing about it is that they work like YouTube. They pay you per read as they would oh, pay you per view on interesting. YouTube. So it's like, it's very stimulating for writers because you're actually getting some, some, some cash back from it. Right. Yeah. And I noticed that a lot of people are just like sort of influencers in there. They just write about personal things. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily need to be like a fiction thing. Mm hmm. But I don't know. I just thought it was a very cool platform. And also what made me find out about it was um, they have like a challenge uh, feature, which is every once in a while, they have a few challenges where people submit stories and texts that match, like that follow the, the challenges rules. And then the and then they have a prize money for the first person, I think maybe the second, and then for like the 50 runner-ups. So even if you're like, if your story is chosen as like the 40th best one, mm -hmm. you still get like, I don't know, $100 or something. So it's oh. very stimulating. And, and you get the best prize by number of views or is a team judging it? I honestly don't know. I haven't taken part in any challenge yet. Okay. Um, but that's a good question. I can look into it. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it was a. I just thought it was, as they say in Brazil, your face, Aswakata. Oh my god! <laughs> it's, it's Isabella's face. I don't know. I just thought you would like it. Maybe um, I'll, I'll send you the link later, and then you can take a look. I feel like you would thrive in there. It sounds super cute, and ah, I feel like it'd be. Oh, go on. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I feel like it'd be really good for like training you out of the fear to write mm -hmm. or like th thinking it has to be like super perfect because you're going to get like more immediate responses rather than working on something for a very long time and then sending it out 
and hoping it gets published and maybe not getting any feedback at all, maybe getting ghosted um, more than you get responses. Yeah, they do have some guidelines that you have to follow. Yeah. Of course, like any of social course. media, there are certain things you can't post. Yeah. But, uh, and I think your text gets like reviewed and then they do a bit of editing. just to, like, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And you they, don't have they, to pay for that, for it to be edited. No, they like, you You submit it when you yeah. want to post something and then it gets reviewed and then you get like, um like a feedback. That's I don't amazing know how, that wow. they do that for free. I don't know how they like I don't think they they give you feedback on like content the content but yeah, grammar they give you they give you feedback on like structure I guess so like, that's oh, wow that's editing that's pretty wise. good because I've been looking at I've been trying to like write more poetry again and I've been looking at how to submit it and like places it takes submissions and a lot of places they you have to pay a fee to submit which is completely understandable because it is work to read and then edit and then you know choose to work with someone i don't know but it's crazy that you do that for free i mean i haven't tried it i've never tried publishing anything in there so i don't really know how it works i've just like i'm just basing myself off of what i've read on their website but the coolest thing is i've like i've been i think i've had the account for like maybe a bit a little less than a month and i've been like thinking of I've been trying to come up with a good text that I can post yeah. and like how to brand myself in there because at the end of the day, it's just another path, just another platform like YouTube or Instagram. So I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I can create some sort of like persona or like alter ego or like That's a pseudonym, fun. you That's know, really fun. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily has to be, doesn't necessarily have to be me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, do I want to write like fiction stories? Do I want to write as a pseudonym, but writing like personal from personal experience? Mm -hmm. Do I want to write like nonfiction? I've been trying to like think about it. Yeah. And then I received an email from them saying like, hey, we saw that you've been like logging in, but not really committing. So we decided to give you a free trial from our premium version for three months for free without any like strings attached wow nice so i'm like i'm currently on a trial with like for free for their premium version which is really cool yes and there's there's a lot of advantages of course but and this is not a this is not like paid promotion by yeah. the way this, <laughs> we wish <laughs> we wish vocal please sponsor us um but yeah i just wanted to to let isabella know about this um this platform because I think you'd really like it and I'll get into it I'll look it up but I definitely let us know if you write something if you want because we'd like to we'll read do. it <laughs> we'll do also Dua Lipa's coming for our gig with her newsletter I saw but I don't want to say any I don't want to be a hater I don't want to be a hater <laughs> I don't want to be a hater you guys but sometimes I can't help it it's so hard <laughs> we did it first yeah <laughs> we, did it, we did it before her but yeah i mean i have a lot of other things to talk about let's hear it let's hear it keep going okay i'm just gonna quickly mention that um brazil has a new pop star and <gasps> she's amazing and i sent padia the link to her latest album oh yeah uh, yeah 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 she was she, great uh, so she is from uh, Minas, Minas Gerais, which is a state in Brazil. Um, and she used to be in a band called Rosa Neon, which translates to neon pink in English. And um, they were like, they were getting there with a band, you know, like people, people, they had, they had listeners, you know, they had a little bit of a fan base. But I don't know what happened. And then she just decided to go with her solo album. And then she released a single last year. And then suddenly a second single. And then all of a sudden an album. And I came across her, her first single. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I kind of got tired of it quickly. And then the album came. And then the album came. And uh, I think I'll leave it at that. Because it was so good. <gasps> So I good. think you wrote you wrote something like I want my album to sound like this. I wrote I wrote to Pat, I was like this is this can 
be a huge reference because um, she, I think it's so amazing because she mixes many um, typical Brazilian music genres, you know, with pop. Mm-hmm. So she has like a bit of samba in the track and then she has like hardcore, fun- funky, you know, like Baile de Favela, funky, like, and then she just has like a bit, I don't know, she has different Brazilian genres mixed with a mainstream pop sound. And her lyrics are also interesting and I don't know, she's really, really cool and really confident. And I think that really helped. And she probably has a really good like um, plan, plan of release, you know, like she, mm-hmm. I think she really planned it ahead. Um, and Wait, what's sen- her solo? What's her solo name? Ah, ah, that's true. I never said it. It's uh, Marina Senna. Okay. So I guess in English it would be Marina Senna. But yeah, we can we can uh, leave a link on Substack. We will. We will. Um, yeah, and since since she was already in this band, she already had some connections in the music industry, and I think that's also what really helped her because people within the industry, like they they think that her music is good, right? Yeah. So yeah, they respect I don't know. her. They respect her. Yeah. So I feel like she's already like doing feature songs with big artists she's already appearing in like tv and doing magazine covers and this was all like really fast within a couple of months you know wow um and of course her music is good but like she's just kind of branding herself as this pop star yeah and it's working so well for her and i'm so impressed and i'm like kind of proud in a way for sure because like she's doing what i want to do like ish yeah. Mm-hmm. What's her label? Oh. I don't Do know. know. I don't know. Interesting. It's interesting. It'd be interesting to know because they're probably the ones behind the quick ascend. Her team. But it's very mm-hmm. much your taste. Like what you're already doing for you. Yeah. 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 Um, Mixing different elements and also Brazilian elements into like more modern, modern sound. Exactly. She takes like classic Brazilian sounds, Brazilian genres, and then she pop popifies it. Mm-hmm. And nice. to be honest, I was like thinking about it, you know, to the beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she's also like a big Brazilian artist and she got like, she had a similar path to Marina Senna. She like kind of had one, one song that blew up and she also like mixed different Brazilian genres in a pop way. So I feel like Do The Beat kind of opened the doors for her a little bit, you know? She walked like, so she could run. So she could run. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's like, if that's, that's not really based on anything besides my own opinion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, but I feel like if it wasn't for Do The Beat, Marina Senna wouldn't be where she is right now so mm-hmm. fast you know yeah i feel like do the beat open people's minds to uh to this mixing of classic brazilian music with pop yeah 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 but i i i mean if you're interested in brazilian music brazilian pop music right now like you should definitely check this artist out because i think she's like here to stay Mighty um are any of her songs on the brazilian pop playlist we posted on substack uh, I can check, but her band, her old band, Rosa Neon, like Neon Pink, uh, yeah. there. I think there's one song there. Nice. Uh, I, I'm going to quickly check the playlist here. If you don't know what playlist we're talking about, we're talking about the playlist of the month for January 2022, which you can find on our Substack page. Yes, and we'll soon be uploading playlist number two. So. Yes, for February. Mm-hmm. So the numbers follow the months and... Um, the first playlist was made by me and then the second playlist is going to be Padia and then Isabella and then so on. We're going to take turns. Ah! And we're back. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
we were talking about Brazilian pop stars and... You asked me about the playlist, if Marina Sen is on the playlist. Yes. And I have the answer to that. What is the answer? For $5,000. She is on the playlist. Exciting. Oh my God. Um, so we have to link it. Again? I mean, if, yeah. if you... If you're going to, I mean, we're only going to link this on Substack. And yeah. if you're on Substack, then you, you know. Can easily, you can easily find. If you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also just want to say, like, I added her, like, biggest hit, which when I started listening to it, it was, like, at four, 48 million plays. Right now, it's, like, 57 million oh. plays. Oh, she's it's growing. Been, it's been, like, two weeks or something. And she's wow. just, like. Damn. But also, there's a song. Uh, with a band like Rosa Neon that that's also on the playlist as it's the last song. So both the band and her solo project are on the playlist. If you guys want to check it out. Have you guys heard about the, the musical movie Tick, Tick, Boom? I, I have. I, ha I also have. I heard that it's nominated for an Oscar. I don't know which one. It's so good. You guys should definitely watch it. It's directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, the guy who made uh, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's about this musical composer, writer, uh, Jonathan Larson, that unfortunately passed away, like, just before he finished his musical, Rent. So he never saw his musical. I still can't believe I, I was, like, a theater kid, um, musical theater kid. But I still can't believe that he wrote Rent and never saw it. I never knew about that. Throughout the whole movie, it's just a shock how much struggle he went through. Like, it really portrayed the, the struggling artist's uh, life. Yeah. And, like, also him hitting 30, and he's just comparing himself with all of his favorite artists, his parents, and why he's not there yet, and he can't pay rent. He's working at this cafe. It's a lot of things that every artist can relate to and see themselves in in the movie. Yeah. it's It sounds so intense. I feel like I'm not in the right headspace to watch that. But it's also very beautiful. It's very like, um, it gives you a, another view of your own love for your own art yeah. and why you love making what you do. Mm -hmm. So it's a both way. It's It's both sad, it's both happy. It's uh, it has great music. The yeah, OG musical of our childhood is in it. Vanessa Hudgens. Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> I know that. I saw the trailer. All I knew was Andrew Garfield. I didn't even know he could oh, sing. He was great. He actually practiced a few months before the musical uh, singing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just really great. Like, why did you like it so much? So I just like clicked on it on Netflix without any expectations. And while I watched it, um, it really blew my mind. Like every scene was so relatable and every conversation was so relatable. Uh, like he, there's one scene where he talks to his best friend that quit musical and he worked at a, at an advertisement company instead. And uh, he just said that, that he has rejection letters from every major minor producer theater companies rec labels and film studios and then says that in a week he turns 30 and the whole stress about the 30 age and what to do before then and him wanting to quit his job just to finish his workshop and his musical and the whole process of like getting through that and all of his friends going through stuff and his relationship and he lives in this like really old uh, New York apartment in the 90s that really looks like our apartment when we lived in Berlin. And you're trying to fix the stuff, but you can't really fix them because they're old and you don't have the money for it. There's one scene that was really funny. Um, he has like this uh, house party for his girlfriend and uh, there's like different people coming over. Most of them are artists. And this one guy, he's not an artist, but he's like, oh, I love hanging out with artists because they always have the best drugs ever. And then he always, like, throughout the scene, like, throughout the whole party, he was just, like, very fascinated about the dancing artists, the singing in the, in the party, and everyone being very happy. And he's like, wow. <laughs> it's just, like, very funny. And how the different characters build up the story in the, in the musical. 
How long is the movie? Is there, is it like super long? Let me let me check that out. Yeah. Um but I feel like with filmmaking this two hours. Eight, two hours, okay. Yeah. But like I understand that pressure with age when it comes to the music industry because it's very like re- it it relies a lot on image. So the younger you are, you know like Yeah. But filmmakers are usually older. Exactly, that's what yeah. I was going to bring up because like when you want to direct or write or or whatever like they kind of expect some sort of experience from you mm-hmm. because it's so much money involved that they don't want to just like risk putting yeah. all this money into a new director or a new writer. At least that's how I feel. Yeah. So the older you are in in the film industry when it comes to directing um the better it is because you have like I don't know, you're just more reliable, you know, because you're like yeah. an adult. Yeah. I knew someone when I was living in LA, <laughs> my very short period living in LA, and I shared an Airbnb with this 50-year-old woman who was a photography teacher at a community college, but she also directed a movie. She wrote and directed a movie. It was like independent and to see like and she told me like all the work that she did. I still like it's still so insane to me because she did everything on her own. She wrote to so many places to try and get grants to like get this movie done and it took like over 10 years. And like she shot in Puerto Rico and she shot in New York. And 10 years later, this was 2016. This was when she was finally releasing it. And it was really good. But it's like, it didn't, she's not famous, like still, but it's like really good. But she was in her 50s. But also I think that like being an artist and working this much on something, like she did not seem 50 at all. Like she had the energy of a young person. But I also think that when it comes to such a complex art like filmmaking that involves like a lot of people, a lot of money, a lot of like thinking and planning, you know, I feel like the process itself in filmmaking requires maturity. It and does. Requires, you're so requires right. Requires like discipline. Yeah. That if you if you're if you don't have that it's going to be hard for you to make your film. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mm-hmm. older people have achieved that most yeah. of the time, you know? They know how to play the long game. I feel like I still, like, I'm really bad at waiting for things. I'm really impatient. And I'm bad at um, working for long-term rewards. I feel oh, like definitely. that That's happens something you learn older. Yeah. with the years. But okay, s- since we're talking about movies, one mm-hmm. my last topic uh, that I that I wanted to talk about was <laughs> actually uh, Charlie's Angels, the new Charlie's Angels with Kristen Stewart. I've seen parts of it because I always catch it on actual TV, but I never see the full movie. I don't know why. Okay, yeah, I, I didn't mean, see it's... the full movie because I like the original one a lot. I love the originals. I love the seventies Charlie's Angels TV show. <laughs> But tell us about the movie. No, yeah, it was just like one specific scene that I wanted to talk about. I also like I I heard about like I had obviously heard about this movie before, like before it came out, but I never watched it when it was in the movies. And now it's finally on German Netflix. So I got to watch it at home. And first of all, like the first scene is in Rio in Brazil. <laughs> so I was already like, ah, okay. <laughs> um, and it's Kristen Stewart, you know, like mm. there's a huge uh, emotional bond there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but then I was like, okay, this movie's pretty shit. Like it's, it's okay. Oh, is it not it's good? Like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a blockbuster. Modern. It's it's modern, yeah. you know, like it's yeah. Charlie's Angels in 2022, basically. Mm-hmm. Like when you think Charlie's Angels, you think like, I don't know, Cameron Diaz or something like it's yeah. hard. Yeah. Like it's a, they kind of like try to jump in that um, feminist wave of like. Oh, my God. Power. The girl boss. 
But I feel like Charlie's Angels was doing that before people were even talking about it. Yeah. So they, they don't weren't trying that hard. They were just being it. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't remember if there are any problematic things that people are going to cancel us for. <laughs> like, I not, don't know. not mentioning them. <laughs> but if there are problematic things with Charlie's Angels, please come and talk to us because, yeah, we want to, like, talk about it. Um, yeah. But all I'm thinking also- about now is Lucy Lou with a whip. <laughs> that was an awakening. That's a scene. <laughs> that was an awakening. <laughs> like, come on. Every time I think of Lucy Lou, I just picture her in Kill Bill with a severed head. Oh, yeah. I think of her in Charlie's Angels with a whip. And the fact that she's okay. an amazing painter. I also, I always remember yes. that, like, she's, that ugh, Lucy Lou. her dad never really understand what her job is. And then he, he like, yes. thinks that she's a, a prostitute or something, like, sexual. Or isn't in the beginning, doesn't she pretend to be an esthetician? <laughs> I don't remember. I have to rewatch those movies. Yeah, I, I think she's, that. like, she does, like, facials and, like, waxes. <laughs> it's so funny. Ugh. But I feel like in this new version, they were being so upfront about, like, their feminist, like, views, you know, of, like... yeah. Which, okay, cool, but it's also the reason why a lot of other films failed. It's so cheesy. Um, it's kind of like, you don't have to be so upfront about it. No, you can relax a little bit. Like, if you just believe in it, it's going to come through in your work. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I feel like in those movies where they try to push feminism so hard, and it happens also in TV shows, it feels like we like out of place. Like, normal people don't talk like this. Yeah. It's also like pink money, right? They're like yeah. using a cause to profit. Yeah. It's um, just transparent. Anyway, I came, I, I started talking about this movie because of this one particular mm-hmm. scene, which is um, towards the end of the movie and you're like invested in it already and it's mm-hmm. almost towards like the solution, like the climax. Oh, oh my God. And there's like a thousand plot twists. Oh my a God. Plot <laughs> twists. <laughs> It's actually kind of ridiculous how many plot twists there are. It's like comical. But the original <laughs> the original Charlie's Angels, there's also a lot of comedy in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I feel like the, that that's the, the plot twist the the over exaggerated plot twists are like but was part it, of the comedy. But do you feel like they were leaning into the comedy of like the plot twist on plot twist? The hat on a yeah. hat. I I think so. I think so. I think they were aware of it. That reminds me, have you seen Charade? With Audrey Hepburn? No. No. I think it's one of the first movies to like make the plot twist and plot twist hat on a hat thing a shtick because it's supposed <laughs> to be like inspired by Hitchcock. People call it like the Hitchcock movie Hitchcock never made, but it's comedy and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's so bizarre and it's so weird to like think of th- that as a movie with Audrey Hepburn, but she is very funny and it's like. It's a classic. Anyway. Yeah, and comedy's hard to do. It's mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah, but the, let me let me finally describe this fucking scene. Okay, describe the scene. <laughs> I thought that was it. I thought that was it. No, no, no. <laughs> the scene is like, I think it's a dance scene. So. Ooh, the classic dance scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they, they did that, like, they did a very TikTok-y dance move. Mm, like, oh, no. those, oh, but it's so good. It's so good. It's like, it, as I was saying, it's like towards the end of the movie and you're kind of already invested and you're just waiting for it to finish. Yeah. And then it's like the beginning of the last big scene and it's a huge party. Huge party. I think and I saw like, that. They're like coming in to like, I don't know, finish the deal or whatever. And but one first, girl is locked in one, in a room, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I saw yeah. the end. I saw the end part. Yeah. But go on. But... But first, they stop by the dance floor and then they just dance a little bit. And then they're like, but it's so cool because they just like, they walk in the party, serious, walk, 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 dance floor, do the moves, angry, (laughs) nice TikTok dance, leave, get a drink, and then they go save this girl's life. (laughs) I think it's like, I think it's, they were establishing an alibi. Be like, yeah, I was at the party. (laughs) They saw me dancing. 
Everyone saw us at the dance Everyone floor. Everyone yeah. saw us at the dance floor. <laughs> and no one can tell the exact time of it because no one has a watch. So it's, it's plausible, plausible deniability. That makes <laughs> that sense to me. Reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can see that. I follow along. I'm following along. But anyway, I just want to give a shout out to that choreographer because, I mean, <laughs> that was they sick. Make, sick moves. I never, I never thought that I would like see Kristen Stewart like dancing and that mm-hmm. I would enjoy it. But it was good. <laughs> I liked it. Was it like was it like Twilight moves? Was it, was she very stiff? I mean, no. That's the thing. They were like smooth TikTok moves. You know, she Ooh. was like, yeah, but. Now that I'm thinking about it, she's in a um, she's in a music video. I think it's Rolling Stones, or like she's in a big classic rock band music video. Mm. You guys don't remember? She's like in a gas station or something with a car and a white Maybe. t-shirt. Anyway, so I've now that I think about it, I've seen her dancing before, but this scene on Charlie's Angels. Shout out to Kristen Stewart and this choreographer because you guys did came, that. They did that. But also, I I also have to mention like her co like the co star that's dancing with her because yeah. that girl is also like, I mean she's first of all she's like gorgeous and then she's also like acting pretty well and I mean, I I really enjoyed her co star as well. But moving on. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of, I don't know the motion pictures the moving image i don't know um i rewatched sharp objects i told you guys i would because i still i still haven't talked about it enough i still haven't processed it enough because it's still like and i was watching it like the first scene of it the first five minutes they've already done some of the most beautiful audio work in any tv show ever because like very few visual things where you can say like with confidence you have to watch this with headphones right like it makes a difference in like the sound design and in the mix like already like the first five minutes they already have like hard panned like some sounds to like really make you uncomfortable and they use and I was like figuring this out and I was reading and I was like going back to the book I'm being like, mm, the character is very sensitive and she's very sensitive to her surroundings, right? Because she feels like her hometown and the memories overwhelm her. So sometimes that's why I figured out that's why the sound is so loud, like the ambient sounds, because the city and the sounds around her overwhelm her because and her and her like trauma and mental illness. And I was like trying to remember if there were any other like movies or TV shows that used sound and like mix work creatively, not music. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't like remember. I don't know. Do you guys have encountered that? Have you guys encountered that before? Uh, what exactly have I encountered? Um, ambience and the way the sound in a movie or TV show is mixed to say something about the emotional quality of a scene or the emotional state of the character themselves. Do you want to answer that, Padia? Um, I can't come up with one movie that has that that affected me, but I feel like I hear that in a lot of TV shows and movies nowadays because the quality of sound is so great. But one thing, like when I was a kid, I I fainted. Uh, in the middle of the street and uh, I heard it this like I don't know what it's called in English like a tinnitus sound yeah tinnitus yeah 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 and that sound I heard it a lot in movies as well in moments like that first I thought I was the only one that heard that sound but then I heard it in movies and I was like okay this is like a regular sound you hear maybe when you faint or yeah so I uh, I got very uh, I thought that was cool I was like wow yeah (laughs) you heard that sound I'm so shocked (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I love someone who has fainted. It's very chic. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry that happened, but... It was a cute. very uh, tragic but funny moment. I was, like, on my way to school, and I fainted by the bus stop, and someone woke me up. That's like, so dramatic. There was, like, a lot of people around me, and I was like... <gasps> you pulled the focus <laughs> that morning. 
And they were like, can we call the ambulance? I was like, no, I want to go to school. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to school. (laughs) And you were like telling everyone you fainted? Yeah, I was like, a cool thing happened this morning. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) I I hate to bring this up again because this is like last episode's topic, but it's on Harry Potter. (laughs) The background noise? There's like one specific scene at the uh, in the last movie, like Harry Potter Part Two, when uh, Voldemort is like attacking Hogwarts, and then he he does like a voiceover, and everyone at Hogwarts hears the voiceover, you yeah. know. Um, and he's like, yeah, like talking to Harry, but at the same time talking to everyone because everyone can hear him. Yeah. But the sound design in that scene, like the voiceover, is so well done. Like they have kind of like it's 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 somewhere between an echo, a delay and an ad lib. Yeah. You know, so, for example, he says like Harry Potter and then you hear like Potter, but in a different in a different voice, in a different panning somewhere else, you know. Yeah. To really creep you out. Really creep you out. And I don't know. I feel like the sound design in that scene is really, really good. Yeah. Um. Because last I watched it recently, I was watching, um, I was watching them all because I I also said last episode that they were all uh, they were all put on German Netflix, mm-hmm. so we went through all of them and then we finished with the part two and then I it was like really fresh in my head and I was I was really impressed with the sound design on that scene because I re- I had I remember that scene pretty well I just like I don't know I was just really impressed with the sound design I didn't remember it being that good yeah. I think but, this this uh, Swedish producer, sound en- engineer, sound designer. He he made like recently some some music and sound for the stars TV shows, Mandalorian and Boba Fett. I don't know if you guys like those things. But, I don't watch um, it, but I I I know ish. You mean Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, Star Wars stuff. But he's making incredible sounds and music. And he really goes to different countries to capture that traditional sound mm-hmm. and brings it into the movies he's working on. Um, yeah. But he, he does great, great stuff. You should definitely check him out. But I think what impressed me about the work, the audio work in Sharp Objects was how, I mean, rest in peace, Jean-Marc Vallée, but you could really tell how he, as a director, probably really interacted and really talked to his audio team because so much of those choices are like strong creative choices because they're not normal to like be mixed that way to have like a fan that's so loud to have cars that are so loud passing by on the street to have so just it's like clearly it's clearly purposeful it's clearly purposeful and it clearly also sometimes like overwhelms the conversation mm-hmm. and also, it's used as a technique to um, move between past and present. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's really cool. I think it's one of those things where, like, I think you could watch without watching it. You could just listen to it and still get the full emotional scope of the piece. Wow. But to be fairly honest, I feel like sound in the score, it's like... It's really what adds the emotion to a movie. Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. Because if you replace a score in a movie, like if you turn a sad score into a happy score, for example, the mm-hmm. movie changes completely. Yeah. And oh, definitely. Like, there was, yeah. Yeah. yeah but no, I feel ahead. like it really. Oh, sorry. <laughs> There's a. <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. Zoom. <laughs> There's a TED talk um, mm-hmm. about uh, music and sound and in films. And they showed a video clip of the intro of The Shining. Yeah. When he drives through the road up. And he replaced that scene with a happy song. I think we saw that in class. Oh, you did? Yeah, I, I think, think I so saw too. that. Yeah. And he yeah. really gave it a whole other feeling. Yeah. Didn't at all seem scary. But it's crazy how much you can do with sound. Yeah. And you can turn anything into anything you want just with what kind of music you choose to have. It just makes me, like, really wonder, like, if people take, like, sharp objects and then, like, extrapolate that, um, if 
they worked more closely together, like in a movie, like the audio Mm -hmm. and the visual, like if they really wanted to work together, because I was reading an article the other day, and I think I sent it to Padia about the issue of um, the volume in dialogue in movie. And they really broke it down, like the reasons for that. And a, a big reason was that they don't take the audio side of things seriously, like in like big productions. And there's a bit of like that conflict. And it made me think like if you really work together and if you thought of audio as just as creative as the image in a movie, like what could you do? Like mm-hmm. the art that you could make. Um, I think you would have really enjoyed my sound classes at uni <laughs> because one of our assignments was actually to make a film without any image, just sound. So cool. Um, I mean, that's what I did with oh. a podcast. Yeah, basically. On yeah. some level. Yeah. But I still hold like my position. Like I s- if I were you, if I was directing or um, like... You know, if I was the creator of your podcast, I would still have recorded everything on location. I did, but it was just difficult with COVID. It was so hard. That's true. That's true. It hit right there. Yeah. Because I feel like if I had more time and less constraints, I would have at least tried to do it. Yeah. Um, Maybe one day. (laughs) Maybe one day. I don't know. But but Um, I give you props for like committing to the studio as well because it works just like it it gives a different like feeling but it works as well and I think that's what you wanted at the end yeah and it gave me a good grade I think (laughs) I had to (laughs) like make all the sounds from nothing but I don't know I think this is like personal a, a personal update I have no idea like what like jobs I'm gonna get like in the future I have no idea what's going on but I've been trying to see if I can get any jobs in like the literary world and I feel like it'd be interesting to like maybe if I do do that like make those connections and maybe like work on more interesting um and elaborate podcasts of like fiction work and maybe do more with the audio I'll give you some um let's 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 talk about this like outside the podcast because I I mean I did an internship as a writer right here in Berlin um, and I, while I was doing that, when I, the internship was about to be over, I really wanted to keep like having a writing job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was looking a lot into that and I found out a lot of interesting stuff that I, I'll share with you. Yeah. Let me know. Let, we'll talk. I found a lot of interesting positions that would be a starter level. Um, the competition is huge though. Like, that is something that's, like, heartbreaking. They don't prepare you for it. There'll be one position and 500 people fighting for that. But you need writing all the time. And you need different voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, There is space for everyone, I think. Even though there's a lot of competition. I think so, too. It's just scary to see, I think. think I'm a sensitive girly. (laughs) Just focusing on yourself is the best thing you can do. And I For think you're sure. a good writer. Thank mm-hmm. you. Aww. But just like finishing up this motion pictures thing. Yes. <laughs> how how you think it's like of course they collaborated so much like when preparing for this for the sound, you know, like yeah, of course they if... had to talk a lot about that. And yeah, do you want to say something? No, go on. And they have to do that with like all parts, like all departments, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you think about it um, actors get so much praise for creating a character and they forget that there's a whole team like of writers, of costume designers, of makeup artists, hair art, you know, like all these other departments that are also building that character. Like mm-hmm. the actors, the actor is not going to choose what they want to wear for the scene, you know, like some costume designers spent weeks planning everything. Yeah. And thinking of what that character would actually choose to wear, where they're going, blah, blah, blah. They're like thinking of their whole trajectory in the character's like Mm -hmm. narrative throughout the film, but also just in the character's like how they perceive the world. You know, there's like so much thought into who that character is Um, in all departments, in a lot of departments, for example, a set design departments, they have to get so far in the character's mind so they can safely say, this character would have this kind of lamp 
or they would have these sort of magazines laying around, or as a kid, they would have a Buzz Lightyear or something, you know? So, I don't know. It's like all departments have to collaborate so much in the movie. Yeah, but like I'll, that's so hard. I'll mm-hmm. send you that article because it was really interesting because apparently there's actually there's a lot of tension because they do collaborate, but sometimes um, they just prioritize the visuals. Like I've heard like they got a lot of interviews with people who didn't even want to give their names because they were like scared of the repercussions. Um of like the audio team, like on set even about like they wouldn't like the audio wasn't good on those takes. And they were like, could we get another take just for the audio so we can move the boom mic closer? And they were like, no, we're moving on. Yeah. And also because you can recreate the sound later. They always say that, but the audio people are like, it's not the same. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes they say you can't, but also there are things where it's like, it's so bad and the audio people try their best and the people on there, the the director and everyone there, they think it's not that bad because they've been they listening the to ear. it. They've been no, they've been listening to it for so long. They were like, Could mm-hmm. you hear what they said what they said there? And they're like, Of course, they said this and this and this, but it's because they because it's they read the script. Yeah, yeah, and they already read <laughs> yeah. it. It's like confirmation bias. Yeah. And it's a bunch of those little things adding up and now the audio people starting to come in and be like, this is what's going on. We can't, do- they really now, only now they're like starting to stand up for themselves and like make a name mm-hmm. for themselves. Because still in movies, I feel like the least known or credited department is still like audio. Like scores yeah. are one thing, but like audio on its own. Sound, yeah, yeah, like sound, sound design, sound recording, set. sound mixing. Sound design mm-hmm. is so Blank. fun, you guys. Blank. It's so fun. It's so cool. It is Blank. a lot of fun. <laughs> it's so it's fun. insane. It's still like the area of sound that like still blows my mind the most because you're creating sound from nothing. Like that mm-hmm. sound isn't real. And we made that with synthesizers. Like, also just like the psych the psychology of it. Like the psychology how you use of it. Something like a sound from something that's completely different from what you're actually yeah, seeing. Foley. But just because just because you're seeing it, it sounds like it sounds that like thing. the thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like stabbing a chicken. It's like yeah, stabbing it a like person. A yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like I don't know, cracking some lettuce. It's like footsteps. I don't know. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like uh, so cool. Or but... I did for it in the cassette diaries. I walked on a like a a plastic jacket. I walked on that, and it sounded like walking on grass. Ooh. Yeah. But it was on plastic. You, you can really experiment with yeah. the Foley. It's a lot cool. of things. It's so fun. Ah, actually... Um, before we started recording, Isabella, you uh, you talked about something called Succession. Oh my God, I I could what talk. What is that? It's an HBO TV show, but it's like I could explain it to you guys, but probably everyone who's listening already knows about Succession. It's like huge. Yeah, okay. The third season just ended. There are so many memes about it. The characters' speech patterns are so unique and so funny because it's like. It's a comedy drama, but it's, like, more comedy. And, like, the main character, Kendall Roy, is played by Jeremy Strong. And on an interview, even though, like, the interviewer was, like, it's a comedy. But, like, the thing is, Jeremy Strong isn't playing it like it's a comedy. He's playing it like his Hamlet. (laughs) That's all you need to know about Succession. And it's also, it's funny, but it's also about... Like, sir, like cycles of trauma and cycles of like abuse and how they perpetuate um, in families. But it's also about like this huge media, like company, capitalistic, making fun of it, so on and so forth. It's a lot. You can... Uh... The, uh, maybe that's my shout out. I don't know. That's not... Maybe you can write about it, actually, and post it somewhere. 
Yeah. If you want. But everyone knows about it. It's yeah, just you, you guys are the only two people in the world that I could talk about, about to it. this. <laughs> that, like this is a new thing. <laughs> but you can find you can find like a, an interesting research question and and just discuss <laughs> just discuss the the series. Yeah, and discuss the series. Maybe I don't know. The guy who did um, the theme song is the guy who did the music for Moonlight. Ooh. he's really good he did something very interesting it's a very classic like piano um motif and like theme but he did the hip-hop beats because this main character kendall loves hip-hop like the white boy with like the hip-hop obsession rap <laughs> obsession and he put the beats in there but this is not an interesting like thesis question uh the no, composer talks about it on uh, a video for Vanity Fair. He did. Ah, okay. Yeah. So it's like it's been discussed on a. It's on been a discussed. It's not media. a new. Yeah, yeah. This is not a yeah. new thing. But this is also just another example of how even the sound design is like helping build a character. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Which is honestly like the base of every good film. Mm-hmm. It's like the the main character. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. Anyway. So, su- Succession is your shout-out? No. My shout Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, My yeah. shout-out is um, this album slash band called Carol of Harvest. They did one album. I think they're a German folk rock band Ooh. from the 70s. It's really good. It's really cool. And I've been, like, on a crusade against, like, synths and reverb in music for some reason. I talked to Patty about this. I don't know yeah. why, but I'm so over it. It's like it's I have everyone is doing like 80s vibes music nowadays. Yeah, and I feel like it's been happening for so long, like since Lord. Yeah. Like I loved it during like Lord melodrama era, like 2017. But I feel like I don't know. I just heard it too much. I, I'm sure I'll like it again in a couple of years. But now I'm really enjoying like the 70s folk rock vibe and like more stripped back sounds so yeah that's my shout out what about you guys i don't know if buddy is gonna allow me to give this shout out but my shout out is to her mom's tiktok account yes yes thank god <laughs> yes that's so um, sweet She's going to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm shouting this out because she plants like some of her own ingredients at their house. Like I think tomatoes, right? And like, is it zucchini or? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. And she takes the time to like make it look cute and film it. It looks so pretty. And And the songs are so pretty. (laughs) The TikTok songs. And then Padia helps her with like editing and the whole like TikTok situation. And I think it's just like nice. It's my favorite and TikTok account. Worth shouting out. That's so the sweetest guys. She's gonna we'll, be so thrilled. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna post the link on our Substack post. Yes. Notes on episode three. Food Network <laughs> found dead. Helped. <laughs> That's so sweet. I mean, she's probably one of the only ones that listen to our podcast, even though she doesn't understand <laughs> English that well. <laughs> she's so I mean, happy. Good way to learn, at least. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, my, my shout out is um, a TV show that I just saw called No Man's Land. Ah, um, yeah, you said that. Ooh, yes, 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 it's, yes, yes. It's so terrifying and disturbing to watch at times, but it's a true story about. Uh, the Kurdish female fighters and yeah. how much they're fighting against uh, ISIS and all these terrible groups in the Middle East. Yeah. Mm. It's a French French movie. A TV show, sorry. I was actually um I was actually considering adding Kurdistan to like my list of topics to talk about today because mm. I don't know, I feel like there's so much I don't know that I want to ask you and I just like I don't know, never really gonna ask you unless it's here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> because we're always like, I don't know, distracted with other things. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like we uh, I'm, we'll get to talk about it at some point. Yeah. yeah. That's very sweet that. that you want to learn about it. I mean, ask ask me anything. And that movie, it's, it's a really good way of learning a bit about 
about that part of the world. Is it on Netflix? Or? It's on HBO. I'll watch it uh, on HBO. Yeah, please do. I really want to hear what you guys think about it. Nice. So is this it? This is this the is end? It? This can be it. Yeah, yeah, I think I need to stretch. My back hurts. I'm 24. <laughs> butt hurts. I'm losing collagen, my dermatologist told me. And you have rosacea. And I have rosacea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I have a Dior lip glow in the color rosewood. Any girlies out there know that it was sold out for a very long time, and they finally restocked it, and I got mine. So, things are looking up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yes, I guess we can say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. See you sometime soon-ish. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.